Okay. You are all really quiet, tired, turkified. I don't know. Right? So I told Jeremy one of these days what we ought to do is we ought to make everybody um, on the right side get up and collect all your belongings and go to the left side. What do you think of that? Would that be good? That would make you really uncomfortable, wouldn't it? And we're going to talk about uncomfortable here in just a minute. Brother Curtis shared about it last week. So, what is the common denominator of all the testimonies last week? This is what I wrote down. What do you think the common denominator was? God? Amen. Anybody else? Transformation? Choices? I wrote down this. All focused on God. All of them. And I wrote down being obedient. A prayerful state of mind. Giving God their time. Was that not a common theme? And some of us sit, and even me at times, like, man, I want to be closer to God. Man, it just seems like they have such an intimate relationship with God. Or God moves so radically in their situation. Well, why? They were focused on Him. They were listening for His voice. They were in His Word so He could speak to them. They were obedient in doing what He said to do and not doing what He said not to do. And Kristen's was just, just really touched me in opening. God couldn't have blessed us with anything better to open with. You know, I mean, really, because it was like, how many of us have done the very same thing? But how many of us see that person again? Was that not like, okay, I'm going to drop a bomb on you right now this morning, and boom, here it is. Listen to me and do it immediately. And God provided you also peace inside of your soul because you were able to check and she had given her life to Christ, right? But when God speaks to us, if we're not listening and we're not doing, we're not being obedient. And we don't do that for the blessings, but we do it for eternal change in someone's life. Think about that. How many people did you have Thanksgiving with this week, either at work or in your own home, that are not saved, that haven't given their lives to Christ yet? Have we prayed for them? Have we prayed if we're not the ones to speak Jesus into their life that God would bring somebody into their life? Are we praying that way? We just got off a 40 days of prayer series, right? Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Kyle's testimony. Bam! Right? I mean, if you are not inspired by those testimonies, that is real. Jeremy and I could stand up here and tell you all day about teach you lessons around the Word of God and the Bible and, and listening to God and all those things. But in my personal opinion, when you have somebody stand up and give their testimony of what God did in their life, it's like, just step back and be quiet, right? There's nothing more impactful in my world than that. Because we're all real, right? We're all, just look around. Pinch the person next to you. Not hard, but just so you know, Right? We're all real. Faith builders. I also wrote down absolute deliverance from incredibly challenging circumstances. Divine intervention. Answered prayers. Probation in two states. Wiped completely clean. Boom. Deliverance from addiction. I wrote down, I didn't do anything. God did it. But you did. You spent time with God. You listened for God. You were looking for God. You were being obedient. 
That's why you see massive radical transformation. That's why. If you want the watered-down gospel, then you're going to get the watered-down transformation, right? If you want the real concentrate, if you want the full dose of it, you got to get into it, right? If you want to see change in your life, you want to see it, transformation, that part of being like people walk in and see you're like, man, that dude is totally different than he used to be. Why? Because I got the full concentration of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he's done for me, Right? That's what I'm talking about. We had people stand up last week and share that. And I I just want you to know that you can have that too. You can. You can have as much of God as you want. I, um, I do this quite a bit, and I talk about it quite a bit. And I want to talk about it again this morning. Monday morning, I got up and um, read my Bible, and I began to journal. And you guys know, and, and Morty gives me a hard time. I always say he's got, like, stacks of journals all the way around him. He's like, brother, I don't have that many. I was like, well, you got more than me, right? But the dude journals like crazy, and I love it. But anyways, I sat down Monday morning and began to journal. And I wrote two or three pages in a small journal of my reset. Like, there's so many things that God spoke to me about on Sunday. And I wrote them down. And the main thing that I wrote down is, Father God, I pray that you would reignite the fire inside of me to seek you. The faith in me to trust you and the belief in me to follow you wherever you may lead. That's what I want in my life. Because I saw ignition. I saw fires burning inside of each one of those that testify. And I feel at times I get watered down. You're like, Joshua, you don't seem like you're watered down up there. Why get fired up up here? But Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever, there's days that I'm watered down. I want to be on fire for God. I want to have the same burning lust inside of me to seek Jesus Christ that I did the day that I gave him my life. The day that I dumped all the booze down the drain, that's the day. Man, that's the, that's what, that's the ignition that I want in my life. So for me to see you guys testify about what God's doing in yours, what's that do for me? It fuels it. What does fuel do to a fire? It just lights it up. Well, I had a, I had a flame burning, but you guys just added a ton of fuel on top of that thing. So I hit the reset button. I refocused where I was. I wrote it down in my journal. This week, I lived by it. So my challenge to you is right now in this very moment, do you realize that you can reset your entire life right now? Do you realize that? I think so many times we're waiting on something amazing to happen. It simply means just taking a second. It would not offend me at all if you went to the back right now and got something to write on and you began to write the refocus in your life and what God has spoke to you about in the last week or year, whatever it is, this is what I need to do. I don't care if you don't look up the entire time you're writing. That's the refocus that we need at times. But in this world, we're so busy we're moving at a, at a speed that just doesn't allow us to stop. Well, it does. What allows us to stop is ourselves. We just have to stop. So you may be in the middle of something right now. Maybe it's time for you to hit the reset button. Right now. I wrote down these things. Maybe a new direction for you and your family. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your fitness. Maybe it's your finances. Whatever it is. 
in this very moment, think about what that is. Is there an area of your life that you need to hit that button and reset? Is it the way that your husband or wife talks to you? Is the way that you receive what they say? Is it your perception of situations at work or on your basketball team or your coat? Whatever it is. Are there things for you that you know God has spoke to you in a direct way and you're holding back? And you're like, nope, 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 surely God didn't mean that. Nope, I don't need to do that and they need to do that. Right? That's the common denominator with us at times, right? Well, I don't need to change. They need to change. See? But seriously, don't we do that? We expect others to change, but if we want to see transformation in our lives, we have to change from the inside out. And we don't have to do it on our own. The power of Jesus Christ is with us each and every day. So let's do this. Let's jump into chapter 1, verse 2 in James. I'm going to read this to you. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, and I, w- I should have underlined when. It doesn't say if troubles come your way. It says when. Right? So we are going to have some troubles come our way. Consider an opportunity for great joy. Again, opportunity. That thing is just bleaker and flashing at me. An opportunity for great joy. It's not depression. It's not anxiety. But an opportunity. What? To give that to God. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. When your faith is tested, faith, trust, belief in Christ. When that is tested, it's an opportunity for great joy. Because when we're weak, who's strong? God is. Jesus Christ is right there. That's when we simply say, God, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to handle this situation. But I know you do. Because the Bible tells us there's nothing new under the sun, right? There's nothing new. You are not going through anything that God has not seen before. Amen? So you can trust him. You can focus on him. And it is really up to you what you decide to do with it. You can walk out the doors again today the same way that you walked in, or you can walk out changed. And that's up to you. That is a choice that we get to make, right? Man. Endurance. I wrote this down. When we train for an event, we're training to gain endurance, right? How many of you have ran a race physically uh, in a car, motorcycle, uh, maybe a swimming event, any kind of athletic event whatsoever, how many of you have trained for something in your past? Raise your hand. It could be a, a, a walk. It could be whatever it may be. Several of you, right? Well, what do you do? You start a little bit at a time, but transformation happens over time. It doesn't happen overnight. So don't get discouraged if you feel a little bit uncomfortable when you're going through a trial. Because if you watch older folks that have been following Christ for a long time, and when troubles come their way, when they come their way, what do you see in them a lot of times? Absolute peace. I mean, it's incredible. And then, and then people of the world say, well, they're messed up. They should be going crazy right now. No, because they know Jesus. They have that peace inside their heart. They know and trust him because they have seen it for the last 60, 70, 80 years of delivering them and their families. 
Amen. Those are all faith builders. We just have to open our eyes so we can see that. Write those things down that you're encouraged by. Because God is building your faith. So when a trial, a trouble comes your way, guess what I'm doing? Guess what I'm doing? I'm going back and thinking, God brought me out of this. God brought me out of that, out of that. And what about this and that? He's delivered me so many times. My confidence is up that he's going to deliver me again. Amen? That's faith. Right? That's what it is, trusting God. Sometimes when we're younger in our faith, something happens and God delivers us from that thing. And boom, we're like, yes! He delivered me. Oh, man, it's awesome. And then we forget about it. And then another trial comes and we're like, well, man, he's never delivered me. No, he has. Still there, right? So if you need to write those things down, those faith builders, those things that encourage you, do. I don't have the best memory. My, my wife will tell you that. I write a lot of stuff down. I read my journal again this morning that I wrote on Monday. Okay? Think about that. There's things I forgot that I wrote on Monday that I read this morning. Okay? So write those things down. We got all kinds of time, too. It's like 10 till 11. Morty's landing in nine minutes, okay? So we're going to pray for Morty in nine minutes. Remind me. All right. So Curtis last week talked about getting uncomfortable, stepping out, right? Change isn't always easy. It takes effort. And we just want to highlight a few things that God put on my heart. One is marriage. Changing things about yourself to be more compatible with your spouse, right? Instead of changing things about them to be more compatible with you. Let's try the other way, okay? Fitness. It not, it's not always easy getting up early and working out, is it? I don't know about you, but I felt extreme conviction yesterday morning. Woo! I had Thanksgiving for work Tuesday and Wednesday, and then with family twice on Thursday. I'm like, what? It's crazy. And I ate crazy the entire time. I got up yesterday morning, and I fixed myself pancakes. Pancakes! After all that, I love pancakes. Crispy, oh, they're so good. Anyways, I poured the syrup on, I ate that thing down, and I felt a tremendous amount of conviction. I'm like, what am I doing? I need to hit the reset button. You know what I did? I had a cup of coffee. I waited for it to settle, and then I hit that treadmill. I cranked out over three miles on a treadmill, and I paid for it. But I hit the, I hit the reset button, because what happens, what happens? And this is almost what I did yesterday morning. I was like, well, man, I could have pancakes again tomorrow morning. And then I could finish off a, a little tangent, uh, so I shouldn't even say it because I've been eating the whole thing. No, no, it, it is this Cracker Barrel uh, chocolate pecan pie. Oh. Wow, wow, I am the only one that's eaten that thing, it's half gone. But anyway, that thing's, I got to throw it out today. Anyways, but seriously, I almost yesterday morning literally was like, oh no, I got two more days of this. I got two more days of eating like this. I got two more days. I'll just go back. Monday, I'm back in work, back in the routine. I'll just reset it on Monday. I'm like, no. Because what happens in another day or another two days? I may not feel real good Monday morning when I get up. Oh, I don't feel good, so I'm going to wait till Tuesday. Before you know it, a week's gone by, and you're not in your daily habits and rituals and routines, right? And our daily habits, rituals, and routines, what do they form? Our standards. So think about injecting Jesus into every morning. Those are your standards you're doing every day, day in and day out. Well, what happens when you're reading the Word of God every day? Your standards go up. Why? Because this is our standard. 
Just like exercise. You got to exercise your mind, right? You got to exercise your soul. Let's see what this is. Oh, this is good. Wow, God, you're so good. Well, we're going to tangent. Woo! All right. Remind me, I was on eating and fitness here. This is so cool how God works. I, um, I read this every morning, and I don't even know. I didn't put a date on when I wrote this many years ago. But it says, oh, Father God, that you would bless me indeed. I'm going to test you. See what you know what this is. Oh, Father God, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. That your hand be with me. And that you would, that you would keep me from evil. That I may not cause any kind of pain. Does anybody know what that is? Prayer Jabez, right? Jabez, Jabez, right? I don't remember who told me that years and years ago, but I pray it each day. You couldn't tell by the way I was reading it, but I really do. <laughs> so I don't know who that's for, but it's for you. Prayer Jabez. All right, let's keep moving. All right, eating, you heard about the Cracker Barrel thing? <laughs> My point here is it takes getting uncomfortable. Did three miles on a treadmill yesterday morning feel good? No. Do I really like that? No. Do I like pancakes better? Yes. <laughs> right? But I'm telling you, I had to get uncomfortable. I had to step out. I didn't want, I got in a real quick workout this morning, but I'm like, man, I got to. I got to stay on it, right? Because our standards, what we do every day, day in and day out, is what drives what we do. Right? So Jesus Christ, you need to have it every day, every single day. I'm going to read you a quote in a minute that I think is wonderful about you can have as much of him as you want. All right, I want to read this. So it takes fighting through the temptations not to change. It takes fighting through the temptations not to work out, not to eat all those things that you shouldn't. It takes strength. Amen? One of the incredible things about being a disciple of Jesus Christ is that you can tap into his power, his courage, his strength, right? It's not our own. And if you don't believe that, let's rewind seven days ago to the testimonies that were testified about what God's doing. Do you think that was their strength, their power, their courage? That was God working through them, providing that strength, that discipline, that obedience, knocking down barriers that no one can knock down, right? You don't have to do it on your own. So those temptations, and we all have them. Imagine this, if we all had a flat screen on our chest right now, and it showed our temptations. Would we be proud of those temptations and allowing people to see all that? No way, right? We'd want to be covering that up. And you're not alone. The other thing is don't feel guilt and shame because of the things that have happened in your past. The things that you've done or had done to you, let go of those. Allow God to use those things to touch other people. Allow God's strength and courage to say no to the temptations. Because what does temptation do? It leads you into sin. Sin always takes you further than you want to go, costs you more than you're willing to pay, and keeps you longer than you're willing to stay. Every time. We could go around the room right now, and we could, we could list off everybody's major regrets. We're not going to do that. I know some of you got nervous there. But we could. And likely, they all lead back to some sin, some temptation, 
The only way that you're going to overcome that is soaking in Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? All right. I'm going to read you four scriptures that I think are incredible that talk about power and encouragement and God's strength. Okay, let's start in Joshua 1.9. It says, I have not commanded you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So be strong and courageous, not wimpy and fearful, right? Strong and courageous. 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 <laughs> Second Timothy 1.7. So for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. I love that. And I know Chad Arnold is wishing I would have said timidity. Oh, yeah, I see you back there, brother. So, right, not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Do we need some power? Yeah. Do we want love in our lives? You better believe it. How about self-control? Yeah. That's one of those fruits of the spirit that should have been number one, right? Man, if we could just get some more self-control. We're going to talk about our mouths here in a minute and self-control. Some of you just looked at me crossways. Just kidding. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. John 15.16 says, you did not choose me. Ah, I love this. But I chose you. Soak in that for a minute. You didn't choose him. He chose you. Isn't that something? He chose you. So that thing in your heart, this very moment, he chose you. And appointed you. That you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So he chose you and appointed you, anointed you for a calling to walk the way that he has called you to walk. And if you want to know the way to walk, pick up your Bible. Dig into that. Surround yourself with brothers and sisters that will speak Jesus into your life. Step out and get uncomfortable is where I started. Rely on God's strength. Being challenged and tested and stretching and growing and maturing doesn't always feel good, does it? And I can tell you this, it's not always easy either. The, most of the things that are the hardest things to accomplish or have or achieve or realize, they take work. They take hard work. They take getting uncomfortable. How many times did Curtis say, I'd get uncomfortable last week? How many times? A bunch. Didn't want to go to that first night. Didn't want to come to the... But guess what? Wow. 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 Man. God wants to move in your life. And he's going to make you get a little uncomfortable to get you there. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for Morty. And we pray right now that you would just um, touch him in a mighty way. Pastor George, I pray for all the pastors that they're going to speak to and train up, God, in your word, your gospel. 
pray that their hearts would be open, God, that you would radically use Morty and George and those other pastors to go to all the nations, wherever that may be, God, to share the gospel, to share the love of Christ with folks that don't even know the name of Jesus. God, I pray you would anoint them and bless them and watch over them and keep them safe and healthy. We ask all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I want to read. Um, this past week, um, I did a memorial service for a, a friend of mine's family. And uh, really, it's pretty amazing just what God does, obviously, and in, in giving us information, putting people in front of us. But I want to read out of um, Jesus' Calling a couple different um, quotes and then really three really powerful things that um, God spoke to me last week. So, sometimes my blessings come to you in mysterious ways, through pain and trouble. As such times, you can know my goodness only through your trust in me. Understanding will fail you, but trust will keep you close to me. Isn't that incredible? You can know my goodness only through your trust in me. Understanding will fail you. Let's jump in in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Again, life-changing verse for me a few years back. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on what? Your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. This scripture. Put a star next to it, okay? Write that verse down. It's followed by this one, Philippians 4, 6. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And I wrote this down this morning. There's four sections in each one of those sets of verses, okay? Let's go back one, one verse, or go to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Okay, the first section is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That's number one. Number two is don't depend, don't rely on understanding. Because logically, God doesn't think logically, does he? We think in a logical mindset. Do not depend on your own understanding. Section three inside of this is seek his will in all that you do. Seek his will. What did you see in the testimonies that were shared last week? What do you see in people that have radical transformation in their lives? What do you see? Them seeking God. They're seeking God. They're desiring God. That flame, that ignition that I talked about. That's what you see inside of them. The fourth part of this is he will show you which path to take. Right now, I want you to shoot up your hand. And you don't have to leave it up. Just shoot it up and down. If you want God, if, you, if you're seeking a path right now, you've been praying, you don't know which way to go, there's something going on in your life. I don't know where it is. But you're seeking a path to take. You don't know. Everybody close your eyes. Bow your heads. I don't want anybody looking around. My prayer for you. I'm just going to pray. God, I pray this Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Your word over everybody that's here, God. I pray that they would trust you with all their hearts. I pray that they would not try and depend on their own understanding. That they would seek you and all they do, God. And I pray right now that you would help them determine that path. Right now, in this very moment, God. And we know it's your timing. We'd love for it to be right now. 
But God, we just pray in your timing that you would reveal that path. I want everybody to keep their eyes closed, their heads bowed. If that's you this morning and you're seeking a path, I just want you to shoot your hand up and down, up and down. Got it? Got it. Got it? Got it. Got it? Got it. Yep, got it. Yep, got it. 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 Father God, we come to you right now and we surrender all those hands, all those prayers, all those paths to you, God. We trust you. We believe in you. We give it all to you right now. We ask and pray all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Feel good? Man, that's good. God is good. This is a, um, a quote that was in a devotion that I read last Sunday, and I love it. Between Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Philippians 4, 6, and this right here, and it can radically, I keep using that word, I don't know why, but radically, it's a cool word, I guess, radically, but it can change your life. If sometimes you do not answer my prayers exactly as I have asked, then let me have the childlike trust to believe that you, Heavenly Father, know best what to give me and what to withhold. Isn't that something? You know, childlike trust and faith and belief, that's what was just reignited inside of me last week through those testimonies. That's what I want. I want a childlike faith. Just to completely and totally believe and trust God. Because the reality of it is we live in a corrupt, sinful world and our perspectives can get badly tainted. But I want a childlike faith to trust and believe in our Heavenly Father. The other thing that I think is absolutely key inside of this is know best what to give me and what to withhold. There are so many things that I feel like I, that I desire, that I want, that I feel like I need, that, that God has withheld. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's because I just don't need it. That's the childlike faith that I want right there. God, if, it, if I'm praying and this is what you want, bless me. Show me your way. Reveal it to me. If not, I want to have the tri- childlike faith to trust you when you withhold. Isn't that, I think once we get there, you know what I mean? I think, I feel like me, when, I, when I'm there in that mindset, I'm like, okay, Right? Because we can do a pretty good job of praying our own path at times. Instead of praying, allowing God to move and open doors and close doors. Okay? I want to read this uh, quote here. and We're a long ways from being done, but that's okay. Um, I want to read this to you. You can have as much of me and my peace as you want. 
through thousands of correct choices each day. And you guys have heard me talk about choices and how many we have. It's a whole bunch each day, thousands. The most persistent choice you face, face is whether to trust me or to worry. Incredible perspective here. You will never run out of things to worry about. But you can choose to trust me no matter what. Isn't that powerful? You can choose to trust me no matter what. I am an ever-present help in trouble. Isn't that something? And I see a couple of you doing it, and I said this maybe last week or the week before. Never feel bad about taking pictures of these screens, right? If you see something, God speaks to you through a quote, through scripture, whatever, and you want to capture it, you don't have a pencil or something, get out those cameras and take pictures, okay? Isn't that incredible, though? You will never run out of things to worry about. And I don't know the, the up-to-date statistics, but the last I'd heard, it's about 85% of everything we worry about will never happen. Think about how many hairs turn grayer sooner or fall out of our heads because of that, right? Think about it. We, there, we could, there's a message I did years ago called Worry Warps, and uh, man, we can. We can, yeah, it can get rough. So my prayer for you is that you will have that childlike faith to trust in God. Praise and worship, why don't you guys come on up, and I'm going to gather where I'm at. And uh, you guys will hear another part of this sermon another day. All right, let's go to seek God. And I wrote this down. Do you want to know the key to the fruits of the Spirit? Which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Do you want to know the key is to having those? Right there. Seek God. Is there anybody that doesn't want those nine fruits in their lives? We all want them, right? It'd be kind of an interesting exercise sometime that if we wrote down those nine fruits on a scale of 1 to 10, and got a feeling of where, where you're at inside of peace in your heart, inside of joy, inside of love, and self-control. Where you at? If it's 10, is man, God, you just feel his presence in an incredible way. You feel like you're walking with him. You're obedient. You have that childlike faith. Maybe that's a 10. Or I'm just not following, and I'm struggling with feeling, you know, and having that joy and peace in my heart. Whose phone is ringing? <laughs> 50. Is it 50? I think directly to the pastor that's here today. Yes. I'm just kidding you. It's okay. See, I, that's all God too. You know God has a sense of humor, don't you? He wants us to feel joy and laugh. And give each other a hard time. There's no doubt. But the key to the fruits of the Spirit is seeking God above all else. I want to read a few scriptures here. The first is 2 Chronicles 7.14. It says, if my people will seek my face. 
So as I read through these, I really, I, I tell you what, let's close our eyes again. I really want you to reflect. I want you to think about these verses. Maybe God is calling you today to reset, to refocus. Maybe you need to come forward today and lay your life down for the first time or recommit to him. I don't know. If my people will seek my face, Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love those who love me and those who seek me find me are you seeking him God rewards those who earnestly seek him Hebrews eleven six. if you seek the Lord your God you will find him if you look for him with all your heart and with all your soul when you're in distress and all these things have happened to you, you will return to the Lord your God and obey him. For he is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you. Deuteronomy 4.29. I want to end on this one. Matthew 6.33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these other things will be given to you as well. Let's all stand this morning. I want this to be, I really do, I want this to be a time of reflection for you. Because it, just look around for a minute, just look around, look, look who you're standing by. Do you know that you're, you're not here for them today? you know that you're not you're not here for them you're here for you you're here because God ordained you to be here today so maybe you're not maybe this is the first time you've ever come maybe you're visiting I, I don't know but if God has spoke to you this morning I want you to respond if that, if that means coming forward and praying, if that means grabbing somebody's hand and walking to the back or coming to this cross or staying right where you're at and bowing your head and praying, that's what I want you to do. Because it's, a, it's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to read... couple things to you I hadn't planned on but in Romans 3.23 the word of God says for all have sinned and all fall short of God's glorious standard Romans 6.23 says for the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord Romans 5, 8. 
says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Ten nine says, for if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 13, for anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's close our eyes. That's the most important decision you'll ever make in your lifetime. Just like the, the young lady that we heard about last weekend. We're not promised another day. Every one of us are connected to somebody or even ourselves that are being afflicted by some type of disease or cancer or hardship. We don't know what will happen when we walk out those doors. So if that's you today and you have not given your life to Christ, I give you that full opportunity in this very moment. I will meet you at the cross right up here. Father God, I pray over every heart that's here. That God, your peace and your love and your joy and your compassion would just fill them up, would overwhelm them with your love, God, if that means tears flowing, if that means getting uncomfortable, if that means making them move, God, I don't know, you do. But I pray right now, God, that you would do that. Because you know better than any of us what eternity looks like and the length of eternity that goes on and on and on. God, we also know that when we receive you, we receive an incredible guide, an incredible counselor to help us each and every day. That's the Holy Spirit, God. We thank you so much. Father God, as we sing, I pray that we would reflect upon you, where we're at in our personal relationships with you. God, I pray that you would help us to hit that reset button or refocus if we need, God. I pray those that are unsure about stepping out. That means physically, emotionally, mentally, wherever it may be, God, I pray that you would encourage them to do that in this very moment. And we love you. We praise you. We ask all these things in your son Jesus' name.